to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. This book of Revelation, which is a book that promises blessing right up front, it actually has been the most neglected book in the entire Bible throughout the entire age of the church. Do you know that there were centuries when the church did not read or preach the book of Revelation? There are many people, and you you can find this the case today. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Revelation. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, in a message titled, Revelation and the Promise of Blessing. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Here we are, Revelation. And what we're going to talk about today are the blessings that are mentioned here in the book of Revelation. Seven times here in Revelation, we are told who are blessed. And that's what we want to look at. The word blessed describes a state of happiness, wholeness, and well-being. But it's a happiness that is derived from divine favor rather than natural circumstances. So, you know, really, this word blessed is, is a great, great word. And we, we use it a lot as Christians, obviously. And, you know, we say, hey, you know, God bless you. And, uh, you know, sometimes if I'm writing to somebody, I, I just put, you know, a blessings and then sign my name after that. And we, we use the word frequently. But I think that many times we don't really know what a great word it is and, and the implications behind it. And the truth is, the, if, if we really understand what, what blessings are, it, it's, I think a good way to define it is it's God's favor upon one's life. And if we really understand that that's it, you know, this is really the greatest thing that you can impart to someone. So, you know, when you say to somebody, God bless you, man, that is, that is a great, great thing. You're, you're speaking over their lives. God's favor. That's that's what every person ultimately needs to experience. And the wonderful thing is that God himself is a blessing God. He delights in blessing. It's, it's very much his nature. And so here, I want to walk us through the seven blessings that are pronounced here in this book of Revelation, beginning in the first chapter, the third verse where we read, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. There is a a built-in blessing for those who hear the word of God. Now, of course, we're dealing here with the promise of a blessing for those who hear the words of this prophecy, specifically this book of Revelation. But remember, the book of Revelation is connected to all of the previous revelation that has come to us, what we call the Bible. And here in the Bible, there is that constant 
reminder to us that the Word of God and meditating in it and obeying it, reading it, hearing it, all of that brings to us a blessing. And here in this book specifically, there is that promise of blessing. The interesting thing to me, and it's almost like the Lord anticipated this. The interesting thing is that this book of Revelation, which is a book that promises blessing right up front, it actually has been the most neglected book in the entire Bible throughout the entire age of the church. Do you know that there were centuries, literally centuries, when the church did not read or study or preach the book of Revelation? There are many people, and you, you can find this the case today. You don't have to go back in history. There are many people that just say, oh man, you know, that book of Revelation, that's tough. You know, it's too mystical. It's too, it's all full of all the symbolism and stuff. And, you know, you can never really make sense of it. So we just avoid it. We just stay away from it. Well, for those with that mentality, what, what you really end up doing is depriving yourself and the church of a blessing. So like I said, it's like the Lord anticipated this attitude and right from the very start of the book, he promises that there is a blessing for those who read and those who hear the words of this prophecy. And it's true. As you read it, as you hear it, as you begin to, to understand it, there is such a blessing that comes to us through it. Two things that come to us through the book of Revelation that I think are you know, partially what, what brings the blessing are number one in the book of Revelation, we get a picture of Jesus that we had not had up until this point. You see, up until this point, we have known Jesus according to the flesh, so to speak. We've known him as the human Jesus. We've known him as, yes, indeed, the son of God, but the son of God who has come as a person, as a human being. But it's in the book of Revelation that we get to see Jesus in his magnificence. We get to see him in his glorified state. Remember, this is the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show to his servants. So the book itself is revealing Jesus to us. It's showing us things about Jesus that we had not previously seen or known. So that's part of what happens when we go through Revelation. That's part of the blessing. And then the second aspect is that the book of Revelation tells us the future. And it tells us what we can expect. And it tells us what God has in store for us. And it tells us about the glory and the splendor and the beauty and the blessedness of the kingdom that God has awaiting us. So there's a blessing that comes when I see Jesus for who he is, truly, man, that, that results in a blessing. When I look out into the future and I see what God has in store for his people for the future, that right there brings a blessing. So you see, it's in the, the reading and the hearing and the understanding of this book of Revelation that there is this, this automatic blessing that is connected. 
But this is just the first, as I said, of seven blessings that are mentioned. As we move on, we come to chapter 14 in verse 13. You can either turn there if you'd like, or you can just jot this down. But it says here in chapter 14, verse 13, it says, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. So here is, again, a blessing that's being pronounced. Remember, this is divine favor. This is fullness of contentment and and joy and happiness, those kinds of things. Who is the blessing for? The blessing is for the dead who die in the Lord. Now, in the context of Revelation, where we see the statement, it's speaking in relation to those who are in the midst of the great tribulation period. And as the wrath of God is being more and more poured out, they die and they experience the blessing of, of being delivered from the world of tribulation and going to their rest and their reward with the Lord. But there's also, of course, application to us as well, or the the application isn't just limited to that group of people at that time. The application is for us today as well. The application is for any who die in the Lord. Those who die in the Lord are blessed. Sometimes we forget that, don't we? Sometimes we, we think because we are sad, because we are Grieving because we are suffering over the loss of someone, we tend to sort of project sometimes our own feelings onto that person. And we think, oh, they, they died. Oh, but no, the reality is if they died in the Lord, they are blessed. They're in that, that place, that most blessed place imaginable. So when we're weeping, when we're grieving, when we're sad, let's just remember, you know, we shouldn't be crying for them because they are experiencing that ultimate blessing of being in the Lord's presence. Blessed are those who die in the Lord. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. They rest from their labors and their works follow them. That's the place of blessing that we're ultimately all headed, those who have trusted in Christ. As we carry on through Revelation, we come then to chapter 16, verse 15. And there it says, blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So there's a blessing here pronounced upon those who watch, those who stay awake, those who stay alert, those who keep themselves spiritually in that place of devotion and commitment to Jesus. Those who watch and those who keep their garments, the idea behind keeping the garments is that of cultivating our relationship with the Lord. And listen, there's a, there's a built-in blessing in that itself. Of course, there's a blessing in it because as we do that and as we're faithful, then of course we have the, the promises of the future that we look forward to. But let's not forget that there is a tremendous blessing built into our experience as we seek Christ, as we seek to grow in him. 
and as we walk with him faithfully, there's a blessing in that. So as you give yourself over to the cultivation of your spiritual life, as you keep yourself alert by exercising yourself spiritually, being in prayer, being consistently in God's word, being engaged in the work of the Lord. Those are all of the ways that we, and others as well, but those are the ways that we exercise ourselves. That's the idea here. And there is the, the blessing that comes along with it. But then we move on. Revelation 19, verse 9, we read this. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So another blessing. It's upon those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. What is the marriage supper of the Lamb? Well, I believe that the marriage supper of the Lamb is really... It's the, I think it's a reference to the entire millennium, but I think it's a reference to the festive nature of the kingdom of Christ. You see, among the Jews, there was the understanding that a wedding was not a, an event that lasted for a few hours on a particular day, but it was a feast. It was a festival. It was something that lasted a week. And so when we think about the kingdom of the Lord, it's like a wedding feast that's going to go on throughout the duration of that time, that thousand year reign of Christ. And of course, the reign of Christ is eternal, but there's this aspect to it that's the thousand year reign. And that I think is what we're talking about when we're talking about the marriage supper of the lamb. And blessed are those who are called to it because it is going to be the greatest party of all time that's going to go on for a thousand years. And Isaiah 25, verses six and seven, I think spell it out for us. It says, in Jerusalem, the Lord of hosts will spread a wonderful feast for all the people of the world. It will be a delicious banquet with clear, well-aged wine and choice meat there he will remove the cloud of gloom, the shadow of death that hangs over the earth. So it's just going to be this wonderful, amazing time of being there rejoicing and celebrating the Lord and Jesus and the people of God and the kingdom of God and all of that. That's what he's talking about. Blessed are those... Notice, though, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, the called here is a reference to those who respond to the call. Make no mistake about it. Everybody's invited. The call has gone out to every single person. Jesus put it like this. Many are called, meaning everybody. Many are called, but few are chosen. Why is it that few are chosen? Well, few are chosen because few respond to the call. You know, it's like when you get those invitations to a wedding, for example. You can either open the invitation, read it, take the RSVP thing out and say, yep, I'll be there, count me in. Or you can just throw it away, pretend like you never saw it. Uh, you're not going to that thing. And that's, sadly, that's tragically the way so many people have 
responded to the invitation that God has sent forth to, to come to the marriage supper of the Lamb. But for those who do respond positively, for those who say, yes, count me in, I want to be there. Yeah, those are the ones that are blessed. They will be the ones, we will be the ones who have responded. We will be the ones to experience that blessedness for that wonderful time. And then Revelation 20, verse 6, says this, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and they shall reign with him a thousand years. So here's another blessing. The blessing is upon those who have part in the first resurrection. So the first resurrection, the reference here is to all of those who die in faith they will be the ones to participate in the first resurrection. Jesus is called the first fruits of those who rise from the dead. So the first resurrection began with Christ. And then the next phase of the first resurrection will be those who are Christ at his appearing. So when Jesus appears, the dead in Christ, everybody who's died believing is going to be resurrected, and everybody who's alive believing is going to be instantly transformed. That's part of the first resurrection. That is the dead in Christ rising, and that is the living saints being caught up or raptured. But then there will be one other final phase of the, of the first resurrection, and that will happen for those who die in faith during the tribulation. And for those who die in faith during the tribulation, for those who are uh, martyred because of their belief in Jesus or however it is that they die, they will also be resurrected. And that first resurrection will take place prior to the establishing of the thousand year reign of Christ. Because everybody who partakes of the first resurrection will go into that millennial kingdom and rule and reign with Christ. So the blessing here is for those who have part in the first resurrection. What does the blessing entail? Well, part of it is that they shall be priests of God in Christ and they shall reign with him for that thousand years. It's going to be glorious and blessed are those who have part in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power. There, there is no anything beyond that. The, all of the judgment and everything is passed. We pass from death into life and there's no returning. The second death will have no power over those who partake in the first resurrection. And then two final pronouncements. Revelation 22, 7 says, blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. And then Revelation 22, 14, blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. So both of these are saying pretty much the same thing. Keeping the words of the prophecy of this book doing his commandments. The blessing is there for those who do God's word. You see, once again, there's an inherent blessing that comes along with doing God's word. 
some people think the exact opposite about God's word as is actually the case. Some people think, oh no, you know, I don't want to become a Christian. I don't want to follow Jesus. I don't want to live according to the Bible because that's going to mess up my life. That's going to take away all my fun. Wrong. It's going to do the exact opposite. You're already messing up your life. And it might be fun for a few minutes <laughs> in the bigger picture of time, but believe me, before it's over, it will not be fun. That's just the way life goes. And the further you go into sin, the more misery you bring into your life. So keeping God's word, doing his commandments, far from being some downer kind of a thing, no, this is, this is the way to know a blessed life. Obedience to God's word brings a blessing into our lives. As we live the way God called us to live, the natural outcome of that is blessing for the life that we're now living. And then as we read in the age to come, access to the tree of life and entrance into the eternal city. And that all equals blessings forevermore. So as we wrap things up, know this. Our God, the God of the Bible, is a blessing God. That's his intention. That's his longing. He wants to bless people. That's what he wants to do. And he tells us over and over again in the Bible the things that will lead to blessing. Now, we've just looked at seven of them here in the book of Revelation, but we could go back and start from the very beginning. We could find numerous times where we are told that blessing comes in response to this. And God had these things written down for us over and over again because this is what he wants us to experience. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to know his favor upon your life. He wants your life to be whole and complete and filled with joy and, and a happiness that transcends your circumstances, but it's a happiness just knowing that I'm in the... I'm in the care of my good heavenly father. Numbers chapter six, we have there what's known as the, the priestly blessing. And God says to Moses, he says, this is the way I want you to bless the children of Israel. This is what I want you to do. I want you to pronounce this over them. And that pronouncement is the Lord bless you and keep you and the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. This isn't only something that God wanted said over the people, but this is something that actually shows us the very nature of God. And there at the end of that, God says, thus you shall put my name upon them and I will bless them. So in, in declaring that blessing, God says, you're really declaring my name up, uh, over them. And what is his name? Well, he's the blessing God. He's the keeping God. He's the smiling God. He's the gracious God. He's the attentive God. He's the God who gives us peace. He's the God of blessing. And so let's never forget that. And remember that his deepest longing for you and for me is that we know that blessing that we know that hand of favor upon our lives. That's what he desires for us. And these things that we've looked at, these are the things that tell us about what that 
translates into in our life experience. For the month of August, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Bullies and Saints, an honest look at the good and evil of Christian history by John Dixon. Would the world be better off without religion? Does religion really poison everything? Many people today believe the world would indeed be better off without religion, and Christianity would be at the top of the list for most. In his book, Bullies and Saints, John Dixon considers these questions through the lens of Christian history. He examines the different periods of the Christian church, from its founding in antiquity to the Middle Ages, the 20th century, and what we can learn from history today. This book will challenge your thinking about the Christian church that is worse and better than you ever imagined. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order Bullies and Saints, an honest look at the good and evil of Christian history by John Dixon. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Revelation. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.